What's going on, everybody? This is Joshua Meekins, and you are now tuned in to Disruptors in the Culture. I am here with my amazing co-host, Amira Smith, and we just did Roots Picnic. Amira, how was our Roots Picnic performance? I, You know, I would honestly say it was amazing. Of course, you know, there was a little slight technical difficulty when we were playing the trailer for our guests, but um, to let it catch people up who might be here for the first time, we got the awesome, amazing opportunity to do a live podcast set for the Roots Picnic. So on Saturday, June 4th, we took to the podcast stage at 4.30 p.m. It was a beautiful day. It and was. we had some awesome guests. You know, we asked them and they, they, man, they did it for the love. They pulled right up. Our guests for our podcast set were Cootie Simmons, Chike Oza, and Jay Ivy. And for those who don't know, Cootie and Chike are the directing duo who have done amazing projects such as Benji, Kid from Coney Island. They've done amazing music videos like, you know, Kanye West, Through the Wire, Erica Badu, Window Seat, Pitbull, Kulo. They've done some amazing work, but most notable, the documentary of the year, or should I say the music documentary of the year, Genius, a Kanye trilogy that is now showing on Netflix. Um, Jay Ivey was the lead writer. And Jay Ivey is a Grammy-nominated spoken word legend. And with him being the leader of the writing team for the film, you know, we took a chance and we asked them to see, you know, like, hey, maybe they want to join us. And they pulled right up. And it was an amazing session. Um, The one little glitch I would say we had was that after we did our intro, we asked the guys, um, the tech people to play the trailer and they couldn't get the sound to work. So <laughs> yeah. So for those who haven't seen it though, we'll make sure that we have a little trailer insert in the beginning and then you'll get Absolutely. to see, you know, our interview with the team. But they were amazing, like Amir said. It was great to chop it up with them before and after. And they dropped some good gems. So make sure you catch a couple of those in the episode. We were extremely honored that they came to do our little podcast up at the Roots Picnic. It was a you know, a beautiful time. Um so we talked filmmaking, um, believing in yourself. And, you know, as we always are, we're super interested in people's creative journeys. Um, one standout, though, um, which I guess if for people who are listening on the audio version, they could come to our Instagram to see it. Josh had a really fly T-shirt on. That, that, okay. <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, the T-shirt yeah, was fly. Yeah, Josh had on our very first Disruptors in the Culture um, T-shirt merch. So you got to check it out on our Instagram or, you know, our episode on YouTube to see it. It's fire. And if you want to buy it, it's available. Yeah. So make sure you go to the link in the bio for the the merch. But uh, without further ado, we're going to get into the episode. Check it out. All right. So without further ado, we're going to bring on our genius filmmakers. We have Clarence Cootie Simmons, Chike Oze, Oza, and Jay Ivey. Welcome to the stage. Appreciate y'all. We got, we got your mics on the couch. We got your live mics on the couch. All right. Ooh. Sorry about that. Sorry, y'all. Hey, they like my shots. <laughs> Peace, <laughs> Hey, look, Cootie said they like my shots so much anyway. They need no audio, I guess. What it do, Philly? That they're making. <laughs> Philly. All right, so, like, this is, like, I, all right, I watched you guys' um, podcast, you guys did with Mike Novo, and he, 
he, I feel like he was 100% right. Sit back. So I think he was 100% right. And he said, if this doesn't get nominated for an Oscar, he's going to be highly upset. Like, I don't think, like, okay, so we both come from the film world. Like, I used to be with the film commission. I've never seen people this excited for a documentary, ever. Like, ever. And it's, the, I would say, one of the most watched documentaries I've seen outside of something like, you know, like, sensational, like, Tinder Swindler or something like that. So, um, like, we all know, all three of you, filmmaker, filmmaker, writer, and that's the thing. So, people who don't know or aren't familiar with Jay Ivey, Jay Ivey is a Grammy-nominated spoken word poet. Um, I think it was like five times deaf poetry. Three. Three, three. times. Yeah, three. Okay. But this man is groundbreaking. And if you didn't know, if, I know you guys know him because he's been featured on tracks with Kanye. Um, and coming in as like a wordsmith, the thing that we were really like shocked about is like when, okay, documentaries have writers. And most people who aren't in film, they don't really know that. Like you do have to like break it down. But I heard there was like, is it 330 hours of footage? Yeah, 330 mini DVs, but it was 550 hours of footage on Kanye. That's a lot of footage. Yeah. A, a, 21, a, yeah. a documentary 21 years in the making. So, J.I.V., how, like, you coming on as a lead writer, I'm sure you were, like, going through and saying, like, what are the points that need to be touched on? But, like, how hard was it sometimes to get Cootie and Chike to, like, maybe be like, listen, bro, I know you love this, but you got to let it go. You gotta like, or like, just let it, let it go. Like, it, it was actually easy. Like working with my brothers, it was, it was like breathing. And I was, um, I was fortunate enough to be around for the majority of the story, going back to Chicago, seeing the scene there, being a part of the making of the college dropout. Cootie's actually one. Y'all know, never let me down, right? Never let me down. The college dropout. So Cootie's actually the person who called me and said Kanye got this song with him and Jay Z on it. I want to put it. He wanted to put a poet on it, and he's like, you need to put Jay Ivey on this record. So Cootie was the one who made that call. And then 20 years later, he like, we finally working on Genius, and I want you to be the writer. He's like, we want, y'all, we want you to write. And I'm like, man, thank you, let's go. Let's go. So I mean, the process, yeah. though, was easy, though. You got to remember, though, Jay Ivey worked on, uh, we did two uh, documentaries for BET. We did a Martin Luther King doc, and we did a Muhammad Ali documentary, which we won in AACP Image Award, which Jay Ivey also wrote and performed on those docs, so, you know, and we family, so. Yeah, because I was gonna say, that's your, that was one of your, not your first foray into writing for film, but definitely not you guys' first foray into filmmaking, but Cootie, you were doing Channel Zero, like you were a stand-up comic, you transitioned into hosting Channel Zero, capturing the hip-hop scene, like going from com- comedy into that, but literally, it was, Gathering your, um, you know, you already had a, um, a film that you did before you started following Kanye, or was this like your first time that you said, wait, I'm going to make a film around this young rapper? Well, we, with Channel Zero, we was de- I was definitely behind the camera at some point. Danny Sorge actually is in the building, y'all. Sorge. Channel Zero. There you go. Is definitely here. Sorge. Channel Zero. He also played Jesus in Jesus Walks, too. Yeah, but now my, fir- my first film that I actually did was um, a, a comedy called I'm in Love with a Crackhead. It was with Dion Cole, B. Cole, uh, Tree. What's Tree real name? Because he on um, um, Sugar. Tree, that, he and Queen Sugar now. Queen Sugar. Uh, Tree. And, and Lil Rail was in there. Wow. So that was the first film that I actually directed. But, uh, but it was Channel Zero, man, and that dude, Danny Swords, who really like... Um, 
who I really stole all everything from, to tell y'all the truth. <laughs> his, his style of filmmaking and, uh, and the way he put the Channel Zeros together, man, it just inspired me so much that I'm like, this is the way things got to go. So meeting Chike, you know, and then getting his like artistic um, mind on all everything that we do, just took it to another level. Absolutely. And so you met Chike at MTV. And you went, it was in Savannah College? Yeah, yeah Savannah Design. College of Art and Design. And so you were already like clearly in your path as a creator, but was it just motion graphics? But did you yeah. ever see yourself going into film? Oh, nah, not really. I really, you know, when I was in college at SCAD, I wanted to do music videos. That was sort of, the, that was the passion. And so even my trajectory to MTV was all like in college, I was like, man, when I leave here, I want to work at MTV. I figured I'd meet an artist or somewhere, because you know, you had TRL at the time, so yeah. there were so many different artists coming through there. So uh, it's just, I mean, God would happen to place me at MTV. I, ironically, right out of college, I was my first job wow. doing motion graphics. I That's finished really the motion cool. graphics and then met Cootie. First video, basically met Cootie, met Kanye. So everything that I kind of thought that would happen, happened. And um, when he called me to do Through the Wire, it was no brainer. That was the trajectory. That's what always what I wanted to do. So I was ready to go as soon as I got that phone call from Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about your transition, how you went from from starting there and then turning into filmmaking. Like you guys have a history of documentaries and, and work that you've done now. Was there ever a moment where it was like, I'm in love with this craft or I'm now making this decision to go straight to, to filmmaking? Yeah, I mean, I feel like after Through the Wire, you know, Cootie always had a vision of doing films. I was music videos and uh, the, I don't know, I feel like the hip, the game really wasn't like as welcoming as I, as I thought it would be to the change that we were trying to create in music videos and so, um, we had signed with William Morris Agency right after, and so we were thinking like, oh, we're gonna be making movies instantly. And um, the journey just was, transitioning from music videos to films wasn't the easiest thing in the world because we still had to prove ourselves yet again that we could tell long form uh, stories. And so the lowest, not the lowest hanging fruit, but the, the barrier of entry for documentaries, we felt you know, we could achieve that. It didn't cost as much as making a short film. So really we fell into doc documentaries as a tool to, to show that we could tell long form stories. Gosh, you. And for, for people who don't know, like that, that transition is not easy. Like you said, like if telling short format to long format is like comparable today saying like, hey, I can do a 15 second reel on Instagram. And then now I'm trying to tell an hour long feature film story, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big gap between the two, for and sure. Like, so during this 21 years, you're filming and, and you showed in it, there were a lot of gaps and everything. Um, so I'm guessing like that's where a lot of the music videos, has, you had Through the Wire, Jesus Walks, and then like uh, there's a lot of videos that people don't know you guys directed. Erica like, Badu. I think, yeah, Erica Badu's Window, Window Seat. Yeah, um, that Pit was Bull. one like Pitbull, Kulo. Um, yeah, like, and it's funny most because <laughs> most of the ones that y'all did, they were like standouts for me. Cause I mean, I mean Kulo was a banger. Like that was a, that was a club banger. Like it would, it would go crazy. So it's um, in those gaps, I'm guessing it was just mostly that content, but then you guys did a couple other projects like Benji, um, Kid from Coney Island. Yeah, Kid from Coney Island, Stephon Mulberry Dot. We went straight from Kid from Coney Island to Genius. Wow. With, with our same team. You know, we had uh, our editors, Max and Jason Allman, um, Max Allman and Jason Harper. The uh, editors went straight over to that and, uh, and we just made it happen, you know, and uh, so. That was funny. I remember a kid from Coney Island. I had ended up meeting your boy Chris Lett, and Chris they Lett. were talking about like a, a doc project. 
and I was working in film finance. And I'm like, oh yeah, I might know some people. He was like, no, 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 I know some real filmmakers. My boy's Cootie and Chica. <laughs> and I was like, damn, how do you know I ain't a real filmmaker? <laughs> I was like, sheesh. Yeah. But he put me out there, and that was the first time I heard your names. Yeah. Then I seen y'all in Brooklyn, my boy's like, oh, this is my boy Cootie and Chica. I said, Cootie and Chica. <laughs> and my memory always connects. And then I'm like, I'm in film finance. And y'all like, oh, word. But so in that, in that gap, like, so, okay, this is one of the big questions I had watching Genius was, in most documentaries, you never see the person behind the film, right? They're, they don't insert themselves. And I thought that was a brave choice because people could take it either way when you insert yourself as like, why did you need to involve yourself as the subject? Did that feel like a risk to you at all or? Well, well I, didn't, I didn't actually insert myself because um, what it is is uh, Jesus direct. Mm. So, so God actually wrote me in the script you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's how I look at it. And um, and I, but I knew as as a um, as a comedian, somebody that was always in front of the camera. I knew to put myself on the camera because you know that was a dream of mine too to be an actor and a comedian, and which I did Comic View two seasons. Oh, so I was a professional comedian, but um, but yeah, it was all all a part of the plan. But then when I got with this team, you know, my partner Chica and Jay Ivy. And of course, Sorge, you know what I'm saying? Sorge still filmed me to the, to the day, so. <laughs> Sorge. Yeah, yes, he still always had me on the camera. Hey, real, can y'all hear us out there? Okay. God, God is good all the time, man. All the time. God, God is good. good, come on. Yeah, yeah, amen. So one of the things, I'm, I'm happy you said that because uh, in the time interview, Chica has said, you know, you create films for impact. And I feel like all three of you create content for impact. I think that that's so important, but what, how, how important for all three of you is it in, to have a purpose behind what you create? I mean, well that to me is the whole goal is to, is to make things, create art that's going to shift and impact people's lives. Like I always wanted to make history. When, when, uh, when I started writing and I started performing and fell in love with the art of poetry, I wanted to use my voice to impact people in a positive way. And that's what we've all, all done with our work, is we, we want to do things that's going to shift culture, shift lives, save lives. So that, to me, that's the whole goal, is to, like, what can I do that to help inspire, motivate, put a smile on your face, make your day better? You might be going through something traumatic, and, and maybe, just maybe, this art that, that God is blessing me with, blessing us with, hopefully it'll touch you and, and, and make you shift your perspective and look at life through a different lens and, and, and just brighten your day. Because really, that's the purpose. Anybody else want to answer about, like, like do we work for impact? Or? I mean, for us, like, a through line with our work is really humanizing, you know, people, humanizing culture. And uh, for us, it's more to create empathy. And so we have a greater understanding of one each other's cultures. I know for us, obviously, we're more interested in, the, in our culture and black culture, but the nuances of black culture that people do, all around don't necessarily understand. I remember, like, I went, my mother sent me to a private school, and I remember in school, you know, I put grease in my hair when I was, but the white kids didn't know what that was. So at first, they were like making fun of me. They didn't understand it until I, until I broke it down and they understood what it was. And then they were like, oh, okay. I, and I feel like a lot of times it's just, we just don't understand each other. We don't have these cross cultural conversations enough to really understand the depths of our cultures broader than what we're seeing that gets nine times out of 10 that, you know, gets marketed on the screen. And that's not a true depiction, I think, of like how rich our cultures are. So we try to like show that richness within our film to create more empathy for everybody to understand. 
And real quick, to Chike's point is we doing a documentary on Ernie Barnes, the painter. Yes. Uh, if y'all if y'all know Ernie Barnes, he did the Good Times painting. JJ might be too y'all might be too young for that. Marvin Gaye Sugar Shack, but as an artist, um, and he paint all his paints. He paint the uh, characters, his um, his subjects with their eyes closed, because he said we're blinded to each other's humanity. You know, so that that's something powerful right there. That's very powerful. That, what you that's saying. very, Absolutely. very powerful. I, I can say, I think that was the resounding, like, acclaim about Genius, was that it humanized Kanye again. Because it was just a lot of criticism thrown his way, and he's, I feel like, more than many people, has been extremely transparent with struggling with mental illness. And even with being transparent about it, people still had many, much, so much criticism where, you know, people go into episodes and sometimes they don't remember what happened. So I, we felt like everyone always says that you guys were so thorough. Like, and that's our way in Philly to say like amazing and like top tier for the type of, I mean, you guys just treated it with so much care, you know? Even times where, who do you show like, man, I didn't want to see my friend like that, so I turned the camera off. Where that was, I think, what made it so beautiful and it shed a lot of light on people and make this doc is going to make a lot of people who may be struggling say okay maybe i need help or maybe i don't need to be ashamed and i need help and i could be successful and still you know have my issues but still find success um so i think i think all of us we would give that a round of applause because the care that was shown to your subject is amazing. Because most people in docs, sometimes we see, they will exploit it. They will be like, oh yeah, go ahead, go crazy, let me show you. And then they like put it in the trailer and make it the, like, the crux of it for the most part. Y'all gotta remember too that like, the only thing that you have 100% control of is your mind. You know what I'm saying? So understand that and control your mind and, and, and protect your soul. Cause um, the world don't want, they don't care about your body. They, they want your soul, so protect your soul. You know, I just thought I'd say that. And I think Absolutely. for us, too, like, we didn't, it didn't matter to us really what side people sat on with Kanye. We knew there was going to be a lot of people that loved him and a lot of people that hated him. But for us, it was bigger than Kanye. It was bigger than Cootie. Like, we wanted to be able to show a blueprint to how you can follow your passion and life something and, and, the, and the work that it takes to see that through and the faith that's necessary for you to overcome all the obstacles that you're going to face because there's going to be so much adversity that you're going to face and so to us it's like we all have a strong faith in God to help us get get through that but it's like life just is not set up for you to just walk into your passion instantly it, it takes a leap of faith it takes a, a a huge vote of confidence in yourself and a lot of times from other people around you Kanye's mother like it takes a tribe you know what I mean and uh, we really want to show that so people, even for us, something that you can have inspiration, we can look back on it and continue to inspire ourselves off of it. Man, that's, that's, like, that's a blessing to have someone who believes in you. And so it's like even you guys three as brotherhood and the way you guys believe in each other and like really prop each other up and lift each other and in collaboration. Because the truth is, is that we don't see that sometimes in our culture, people don't end with who they started with. Yeah. Um, that's a hard thing, and trusting each other when it comes to contracts and things like that. So, Genius made such a huge noise at, I believe, it was Sundance. Yeah, was yeah, it Sundance we did Sundance. It did Sundance, yeah. Okay, so Sundance had made a huge noise, and it, it, was it a bidding war, or was it just really Netflix just came straight at y'all with the deal that was like, um, un, like, nah, what was, they say? It was a true bidding war. 
You said like, it was it what? It was a true oh. bidding war for like four months, five months, just every single network meetings with like, I've never seen Zooms with this many people on it, but like, Cootie was our, was our, was our Magic Jordan, I mean, I'm, I'm Magic Jordan, was our Michael Jordan on it. As far as negotiating the business, it was like, it was next level business, you know what I'm saying? But, it, but the thing is, he didn't have an MBA, and we were definitely surrounded by, whether it was from time, uh, because those Kev. were our, our partners, Kev, our managers, and a lot of people have real, went to school for this, for business. But sometimes it, it comes down to just patience, and, and, and Cootie was willing to, not put this out he was willing to like walk away from it yeah. and that really gave us the best chance because he was willing to like n not do this unless we got the best deal and so you know he was the voice of the business on his project so can yeah, I you got to you got to understand you got to understand um your value you got to understand your value you also have to trust god period you know what i'm saying with so many times where things was just coming at us and I just I, and we just had to sit back like we trust God. He got whatever he got for us is gonna happen. If it is, if it is to be, it will be. If not, it won't. But that's what God wants. So we gonna roll with God. That's how we did it. That's Plus how we, we negotiated everything. Kevin, Kevin Thompson in the building. He definitely made. He had to be the. the I, I said Kev earlier. Yeah, he had to be the bad guy. <laughs> right, Kev oh, wow. definitely. And uh and, and shout out to my daughter Ivy. She in the building too. Ivy. Yeah. And Rachel, my queen. Ray. So um, I, I think there's been numbers floating around, but y'all don't never talk that number, that magic number that Netflix shot to y'all. Like, well, y you still don't want to talk about nah, it? Nah, because the thing about yeah. it is like, it's like in, in anything that, that number, it's, it's so many people have to eat off of that. So it's yeah. not like a number that gets thrown to us. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. and, it's, and that wasn't even an accurate number that they put out there. Yeah. But uh. It was you know, enough was, to give me this hot ass sweater. <laughs> <laughs> it was I was like, wear my Gucci sweater. <laughs> shit. I don't care if I'm musty. It was definitely worth the, the, the 21 years, and that's why I think it's, Beautiful. you know, it's a, people got to understand it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. You know what I'm saying? If you're willing to wait that time and put in that work, there will be a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow, but you just got to really believe in it, and you got to be willing to, to just grind. And you got to be willing for there not to be that pot of gold. That, we would have we kept on moving. It, like, if this genius didn't happen, we have other projects that we excited about. That wasn't the end-all, be-all, you know what oh, I'm saying? Definitely. So, I, um, I know a few projects that was getting shopped to y'all before that I, I'm a little connected to. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, can we? So how, I'm sure after Genius came out, there's been a lot of interest from everybody trying to get you guys on projects and get a piece of your next one. Um, so you have the Ernie Barnes documentary, and it's about his life. Because I did see about the, the auction, like you guys were yeah, talking about. That, yeah, but we it's were about there. His life overall. Yeah, well, I've been I've been documenting Mr. Barnes since 2003, and then we kept um, filming his estate after he passed in 2009. You know how they kept his legacy alive. So we got 2003 all the way into the Christie's Gallery, which was which we was there filming as well. Um, so we, um, it's, a, it's a span of, like he said, Chike said, patience, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, you see his legacy starting, to, it's like when you put the, when, when you ask God for something, you put the energy out, everything started happening. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So how did that pain just all of a sudden that's been around for so long go up for auction, right? While we, at the beginning of putting this documentary together, just finished Genius, you know, so it's like, man. It's a beautiful transition, yeah, absolutely. You, you, got, you have ultimate patience. Like, a 21-year documentary, and then 2003 was at 19 years ago. 
that you started documenting that. Um, anything that you have in plans after the Ernie Barnes documentary, you just like see this through before you accept the, like the next thing? Nah, we uh, Cootie wrote a screenplay that's based off the Benji doc we did called The South Side. So that's a feature that we're working on. But really we're building up our infrastructure because we want to be in position to just green light our own films and not have to wait for like executives to give us a green light. So we're working on building a fund together for scripted, non-scripted, and just getting that, building our own distribution platform so we can put out our own content. But not just for us, we mentor other filmmakers as well. So we want to be that portal to give other filmmakers, you know, the green light as well. And then hopefully that another filmmaker like us will do the same thing. So we can just build a bigger network to support our culture. You know what I mean? So yeah, let me go and we're gonna do I'll yeah. take your show. <laughs> and we're going to bring back uh, Creative Control. Um, there was a website that we partnered with at, back in the day with Dame Dash uh, that we're going to bring back. And um, there's some talks about bringing back Channel Zero as well. So, sure. yeah, so them two things. Right. Channel be, Zero will be still just Chicago-based or more? Well, we was everywhere. You know, Method Man said Channel Zero was YouTube before YouTube and Worldstar before Worldstar. So, right. you know, it's, it's like a... a, a, a um, montage of footage that we tell a story. You can curse on our show. Back then, it was like big that you can curse in the 90s, uh, smoke weed and all of that. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to bring that on back. Okay. Now, now you can Definitely not illegal. Right, weed is legal now, so <laughs> perfect. I, I mean, I'm kind of old, so I don't know if it's because we had a Channel 7 here in Philly, and it was like that where it, used, it was like BT Uncut before. Yeah. So me and my brothers be watching like, what? Videos from all over, but it was crazy. So let me, so one of the things we do on our podcast, we make sure we kind of, we dig into the creatives themselves. So like, I, for me, being a creative and, and a filmmaker, I want to know what keeps y'all motivated. Like you have all these projects lined up. You waited 21 years to make, to, to make genius happen. Like, how did you stay motivated? How did you stay balanced? How did you make sure like, you know, you were patient enough to be in those positions? I think for us as creatives, you, you, uh, you have all these adjectives floating around in your head and you just want to turn them into nouns. You want to see them realize. And that's what you're driven by. That's what you're, you're chasing. You're just trying to get this thing here and get it into fruition and then be able to see how other people kind of, what they take from it. And so you're, that's why we stay driven. It's like endless amounts of that, you know? And it's always, we're always, we're already thinking about the next project. So it's, it's, it's interesting. We'll be, we have this pressure one where we're talking about genius, but in our mind, we're like, two, three projects ahead already, you know what I mean? So. And, and, and also my faith in, our faith in Jesus Christ, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, Jesus saved me from the streets of Chicago to get to where I met, to meet a brother like Kanye, to meet a brother like Chike and Jay Ivy. you know what I'm saying, to have my beautiful daughter, Ivy, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, all, it's, all, it's all God, man, it's all, it's all Christ, man. I, that's who I give it up to, man, because um, if y'all only knew what I went through <laughs> in them streets, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Yeah, I, think, I think also, too, is, is honoring what God has blessed us with. Like, God gave us a gift. So when you have this gift, this precious gift, you don't know why you was blessed with it, but you have it. And, and it's, a, it's a matter of honoring that. So for me, like, a, a big part of the motivation is, okay, you gave me this. You gave me this purpose, this divine purpose. And while we walk on this walk, let's see what we can, what, what all we can do with it, you know. And that's, I think, that's how we all been moving. How old were you when you knew? Like, I feel like we all kind of know when we're kids. We know who we want to be, mm -hmm. and we know the path. It's like you have this vision of yourself, and 
I, I, I remember being five, and I, I already, you had a picture. And no matter what the world, you know, said, but when, how old were you when you knew, like, I'm going to be a poet and I'm going to be a creative? I didn't, I didn't know. I, I had a teacher named Miss Argue my junior year of high school. What I learned is you're not going to argue with somebody that's Miss Argue. <laughs> and Miss Argue had the class write a poem. And um, I come to class the next day with my, what I thought was this silly little poem. And she made the class read it, and then she pulled me to the side and gave me an A. And, and said, you have a nice speaking voice. I have a show coming, I want you to do the show. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just arguing, I ain't trying to do that. So she makes me do a show, and my first time on stage, I got a standing ovation. And I was one of those broken kids who felt invisible, who felt, uh, you know, that no one, you know, no one saw me, no one heard me, to be in front of a room full of people, you know, watching them on their feet clapping, it was like, like the light went off, the, my life changed in an instant. You know, so that was like the beginning of me knowing. It was like, oh man, I, I have something. You know, I got parents coming up to me like, oh baby, that was good, keep doing that. I'm like, for real? You know, so it was in that moment, it was like, keep going. The power yeah. of one teacher, right? Yeah, one shout out to Ms. Argy. So important. How about you um, guys? I, I, I didn't really realize it until like my senior year in high school, because until then I was just trying to hoop. Like I really thought I was going to be in the league. And my, you know, my mother knew I definitely wasn't going to be in the league. So she always made me go to like some art camps and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until like my, I was playing AAU and my coach was like, man, you probably should think about something else. Like you probably could play, play D3 at the, at the best. So you know the, what the signs were there. Yeah, yeah. So I went to this, I went to this uh, RISD, this art program. I went to this summer program that summer. And, uh, it was crazy because, like, on the, when I would play on the court, all these all these other kids in the AU, they were, like, dunking off the vertical. They were doing stuff. I was like, man, I wasn't competing at that level. But when I went to art school, I was competing with the best artists naturally. You know what I'm saying? And so um, it just gave me a vote of confidence. And that's when I realized, oh, I really do have a, a talent here that I could pursue, you know? Yeah. And I guess with me, it's, it's kind of two parts because I had to follow my older sister to school um, I was in seventh grade, she was in, in high school, she had a radio TV class after school that my mother made me go up there to kind of like look after her a little bit, I guess be that the pestering brother, make sure no guys get on her. So I, I would go up there, my freshman year, they put me on a camera at my orientation, so I didn't know then, but then I watched this movie called uh, Jojo Dancer, Richard Pryor story. Y'all see that movie Jojo Dancer by Richard Pryor? And what, what that did, I watched Richard, and I was so inspired by Richard Pryor that I was like, I'm gonna be a comedian. I said, I'm gonna be a comedian, I'm gonna do comedy. So I wind up doing comedy. Bernie Mac was my mentor, first person to bring me on stage. But then come to find out, Richard Pryor wrote, directed, and produced JoJo Dancer. So I'm like, that's where it all, that's where it all came from, brother like Richard Pryor, you know, so. And you looked at that, and that's why you said, I wanna do that, because he got, absolute creative control and then here comes the company creative control like that's so and I, I that's one thing y'all company name it lets people know don't try to fuck with y'all yeah. like we got creative control we're not giving it up you're gonna pay us what we worth we're not taking no shorts um i'm pretty sure this project really opened a lot of doors where it made it probably a lot easier for you to set your terms on things yeah for sure definitely opened up some doors. Y'all would be amazed how many doors opened up after Kid from Coney Island. Yeah, that oh. was And Benji. Was you know, all the, it's just, it's just a, um, you know, it's the steps that you have to take to get to the top, you know. So 
we took all them steps and we here we here now and we still moving. We still going up as far as we can as far as we can go to at least to impact the world and, and, and our culture. So throughout those steps, I know you what would you say to other creatives? Like what advice would you give them? Like what are some like a, a key takeaway that you learned throughout that journey that you would say, make sure you know this. Keep going. Like that that's the key. A lot of people like it's a it's a long road, like you said, it's a marathon. And a lot of people get exhausted and, and give up and do other things. But the, one of the biggest keys is, along with having a vision and, and seeing where it is you want to go, is to, to stay the course. Like, you got to keep going. You don't know, you know, we always talk about in God's time. We, we had this clock in our head, like, oh, I'm supposed to be here at this time doing this and doing that. But it's in God's time. So in order to get to where you're going, you have to you just have to Ne never stop, like never give up. And, and like set your goals high and continue to like, I'd say like think as large as you can possible, but at the same token, try to realize things that's, that's utilizing your resources around you. It's important to just, it's important to be an executor. A lot of people have ideas. 90% of us have ideas, but it's like 10% of people can actually execute. You know what I'm saying? And I think once you know, once you can execute, that's the power of creation. You know what I mean? So I feel like put yourself in position to be able to execute and don't think so large right now you defeat yourself because you're like, I can't achieve this because I don't have the resources. Now that becomes like the cop out to not do something. It's like, nah, even if you got to write it down on a piece of paper, like find a model or proof of, so you can create a proof of concept um, that's, that's actually reasonable, you know, with the resources you have. And a lot, I think that gives you more confidence. It's all about, Confidence. How can I build your your confidence to keep going? You know what I'm saying? And and, and don't yeah. wait. And don't wait. Like that's another thing. People are like, yo, I'm waiting for somebody to put me on. Man, put your cell phone. Like that's a big key. Like don't wait. Put your cell phone. And I say too, read a book called Keys to Success by Napoleon Hill. Read that book. When I moved to New York, Kanye moved, then I moved. The month I moved, the next month, the World Trade Center went down. Right. When the Royal Trade Center went down, New York shut, everything was, nothing was happening. I couldn't get to Kanye, he was way in Newark, Newark, and I'm way in Brooklyn, right? And this dude gave me the book, Keys to Success, right? I'm 30 years old. I picked the book up and started reading the book and realized at 30 that I couldn't read. Keys to Success, so I'm reading it, and it was like words like initiative and all these words I didn't know, so I had to get a dictionary read the book with a dictionary to even understand the book. Then when I finally understood, I started seeing everything that I was doing right and everything that I wasn't doing right. So I was changing that. And then the main thing is you have to have a major purpose in life and a major goal. And I, that's when I wrote down my major goal. From that point, I, started, I went and got beginning director's books, uh, screenwriting books, all kinds of books. I read a book called Celestine Prophecy, Now That I Can Read. And I read all of these books, but that keys to success. It say, if you can conceive and believe, you can achieve. So y'all check that out. It's, it's serious. It's a book that's, that changed my life. And, and real quick too, I just want to add one thing is, is definitely figure out, you know, your relationship with God. Learn how to discern his voice for you because that's the ultimate guide. You for know sure. what I'm saying? Because when you have all faith in him, you don't have to really try. Like you can totally get in the passenger seat. You can set your ego aside. And I feel like, you know, it wasn't until I really adapted that, like took that on full, wholeheartedly, that the world just opened up, you know, and, and you're like, 
all the lanes that I need to take were being p positioned right in front of me, you know, and it started bringing our, our lines together. Like, it's not by chance that we just happened to meet the way we met. All, everything, if you look at the doc, it was like ordained. Everything was so, but that's also, we all have a strong faith in God, you know what I mean? So, so you know, we're disruptors in the culture of the podcast, and we definitely, you guys have really changed, I would say, the way storytelling is done. Even because it's, sometimes I'm like, it's the series genius, it's the movie, it's like, it's the one of the first like series narrative. I, I like even when I try to look it up under category, they don't know sometimes if it's a series or if it's a, a film. So I would definitely say you guys are disruptive culture. What would you? How would you define being a disruptor? Like if you could put it in like a couple words, like a disruptor to me is someone who. I mean, I feel like it's is is a rebel of sorts. But I feel like and I feel like that mentality is just got to be the DNA of who you are. Like, like. You know, we're not, we're the type that I feel like we're gonna go and get ours, like we're going to, you're not gonna stop us, period. And that's just how we take, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and I feel like you have to have that mentality, you know what I'm saying? Not that we're gonna do anything crazy to anybody to get it, but the same token, like we're not gonna let you stop us, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like in America, you have to have that mentality because it's just, it's built a certain way, you know what I mean? So you gotta navigate it with that, with that kind of mentality. Yeah, you can't move with no fear. You gotta, you can't move with no fear. You know what I'm saying? You can't be scared of you can't be scared of nothing. That's 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 one thing as well. That's how I think we we disrupted, you know, certain things. Definitely with Channel Zero, we was just running up on people. And with Kanye, we was just running up on people. We didn't even care what you thought. We was just gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? We believed in what we believed in, and and that's what uh, that's what it took. Yeah, and I have a quote that says. Um, we are the descendants of survivors that dare to dance in the rain and say, look at me shine. So in spite of what life throws at you, you have to go get it. You have to shine in spite of the rain, no matter what box they try and put you in, because this world will put you in boxes all day long. And you have to break through them boxes, know that that box doesn't exist. For the dreamers, you have to make your dreams a reality, and it's, and it's possible. To me, a disruptor is somebody who knows that the dream is possible and goes out and makes it a reality. So that's like, just go get it. Like, go get it and don't let anybody else put you in a box. Don't let them quiet your loud, you know? Like, go get it. So if people want to, like, just stay thank in you. touch. Thank you. Oh, hard. man, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, um, yeah. I was back in the van, and I uh, thought about that, you know. So thank you for that, you know, Philly. So for people who want to follow along you guys' journey, what's the best place to go is, like, to follow you guys, to just, like, see the next steps? What's all the news, the latest news from Creative Control, from Jay Ivey, from Cootie and Chike? I mean, Instagram. I, I mean, I'm not much on Instagram, but we got at Koza. Uh, at official Cootie and Chike. At, at uh, Cootie Rock, if y'all want to follow me, is at Cootie, Cootie C-O-O-D-I-E-R-O-C-K, Cootie Rock. And uh, my IG is J underscore Ivy, the letter J underscore I-V-Y, or J-Ivy.com. Go get some merch. Go get some merch. And some albums. Yeah. We got a new album called Catching Dreams. It was nominated for a Grammy Best Spoken Word album, so go get that, please. Yeah. I love to, you, Philly. And go to Genius.com, too. We got it. We got the Genius. We're going to start populating that with, with, like, you know, footage that have, didn't make the uh, movie, so go there as well. That yeah. website is crazy, Website's by the way. Lit. Like, I'm a, I do UX for the website. That joint is crazy. I love it. It's, beautiful. it's a beautiful site. Like, beautiful for all the nerds out there. 
you got to go to this website. I'm telling you, it's yep. so good. That's yep. our time. We thank you guys for coming out and checking yeah, yeah. us out. Yeah, thank y'all. Give a big round of applause for Cootie, Chike, J. Ivy. Thank you guys for joining us. And in the, the next set coming up pretty soon. Thank you guys. Thank you. Rocky. Much love to me. Yeah. Ava Twin 18. Oh, and, uh, we're the Disruptors in the Culture Podcast. Follow us at Disruptors ITC on Instagram. We got a lot more coming up with you guys. And thank you guys. We're extremely honored that you guys came to rock thank with you. us. Thank you. Man, thank you. So much. Big shout out to the Roots. Yeah. yeah. God bless everybody. God bless.